The following is a podcast from Taylor Productions in association with AO Studios. The opinions of this podcast are solely of the individual and have no affiliation with Sanderson High School or the Wake County Public School System. Republication of this broadcast is strictly prohibited without the express written consent of Taylor Productions. commentary, and much, much more. And now, the man who needs no introduction in the state of Florida, Will Taylor! Crank this puppy up, shall we? Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for tuning in. Welcome to the show this week. You are listening to the Voice of the Spartans podcast. My name is Will Taylor. We've reached double digits because this is episode 10 of our young podcast. I appreciate everybody listening wherever you may be on your listening devices. You can find us on Anchor.fm, Apple Podcast, and chief listening platform, Spotify. This show is on social media, so you can find us through our my personal pages on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Plus, you can find us on the show's own Instagram account, Voice of the Spartans underscore podcast. That's Voice of the Spartans underscore podcast podcast. If you've never listened to us before, you're in for a real good time, and thank you so much for uh, tuning in. We've got a great show for you. We'll have uh, your local news from Raleigh, Wake County, North Carolina, and beyond. More traffic headaches for Raleigh residents. No surprise there, but that's all part of the growth. Sanderson men's and women's basketball is in their last week of the regular season. We'll get into what's going on with them. I uh, failed to mention the NFL playoffs in episode nine. Wonder why. <laughs> but it's been a heck of a ride. Uh, but now we'll reach, we've reached the pinnacle of American sports, in my opinion, the Super Bowl. And that happens this coming Sunday, February 13th. And uh, we'll give you a uh, rundown of what's up with that. Lots of sports news to cover regionally and nationally. Your uh, favorite sports segment, your favorite sports segments, your favorite segments are back. News of the weird from the warm state of Florida. <laughs> this one's a doozy. Uh, no person of the week this week, unfortunately. That'll be back in episode 11. A new curmudgeon commentary plus Valentine's Day is February 14th. Uh, I have not been the biggest fan of that in the past, and I'm still not. <laughs> and I'll tell you why. So uh, go to your happy place and uh, let me guide you down your path. You're listening to the Voice of the Spartans podcast. Hang tight, y'all. And now your local news for Raleigh, Wake County, North Carolina, and beyond. Well, if you already didn't uh, experience the last uh, bridge closure over the Beltline, then you will understand uh, this one because it's getting ready to happen again. A long-term bridge closure just blocks from Athens Drive High School could have a big impact on pickup and drop-off routines for local families at at Athens Drive. The, The Athens Drive bridge over Interstate 440 closed on Sunday, and it will remain closed over the next year as crews demolish it and replace it. Officials with the North Carolina Department of Transportation suggest planning ahead for some detours. All right, and they said there is a detour in place. 
On Sunday through Thursday evenings from midnight until 5, drivers should look out for lane closures on uh, on the Beltline as crews prepare for the demolition. Once the demolition begins, drivers will re- redirect it south and east of the Beltline to take Kaplan Drive to Melbourne Road to cross uh, I-440, for those of you who are not from around here, and then using Powell Drive, Western Boulevard, Jones Franklin Road to get around to Athens Drive on the opposite side of 440. Drivers north and west of the Beltline will follow a detour on the same streets, but in reverse. And, and yeah, I'm just not going to explain that. Work will begin on I-440 East at Athens Drive for two to three nights before flipping over to the westbound side. Residents that live on Athens Drive say it's going to be very, very busy. It's already a busy street. Well, yeah. <laughs> One local woman says the upcoming detours will attract more traffic to her street. And I, she said, quote, it's crazy. It's even been difficult for us to get out of our driveway. I'm really concerned about how I'm going. I'm getting to work. And you know, it, one other resident said it's going to be dangerous. He has three little girls, and you know, they're hoping the bridge that hoping that the bridge is out. Uh, it will actually prevent people from coming, and they'll have to go around and make it a little bit quieter. The NCDOT said the bridge, new bridge, will be longer and wider to accommodate more lanes on the Beltline. Any added traffic on side streets should be temporary. And, uh, well, I mean, it is what it is. This happened before. People around there, around the residents of a Melbourne Road, when that happened, uh, you know, they they were okay and they they lived. And, you know, it's going to happen. I mean, they're, they're trying to make everything better around the Beltline. And, uh, you know, it, it, it is what it is. Well, you know, there was a Battle of the Blues uh, this past weekend. We're going to get into that later in the show. But um, Duke University is investigating the students involved in setting a fire after Duke's Battle of the Blues win over Carolina on Saturday night. I'm not, That's all I'm going to mention of it. That's it. <laughs> An email was sent to Duke students and said the fire was in violation of local laws, university policy, and a safety risk. Now, I'm going to give you a backstory. If y'all know... Duke and Carolina, when Duke and Carolina play, it's really customary to for Carolina students to build little bonfires on Franklin Street when they go celebrate. Same thing for Duke students. They go burn furniture, whatever have you. I mean, they don't burn couches like they do in West Virginia, but they do have little bonfires. This is really the first I've heard of anything like this. And Duke officials said Duke has a well-established partnership with student leaders and local authorities to host bonfires when our basketball team win their home game against our rivals or when they win the national championship uh, in the email. Saturday night's events were not in accordance with that tradition and have put our ability to secure approvals for future permits. (laughs) The university said students involved could face suspension or dismissal from the university as well as possible criminal charges. Quote, while we are wholeheartedly endorse students engaging in our shared celebration traditions, they must be done within the boundaries of local and state law, as well as university policies, Duke said, for the love of God. Duke University, always stopping fun. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it is. You set fire, you're in college, you have a good time. Good golly, let it go. Who cares? And uh, this next story I found a little interesting. And the fact that it's coming from Zillow, just take it with a grain of salt because Zillow can't predict their own shadow. A recent Zillow analysis found a record number of Americans will reach key age milestones for home buying and starting a family over the next two years as the housing market remains scorching hot in Raleigh and the surrounding area. The analysis showed the influx of millennials in the area will likely make it more difficult for host first home time buyers. One more thing to complain about <laughs> millennials. <laughs> An analyst said, since or the anal- analysis said, since the oldest millennials are turning 32 years old in 2013, the age many new parents buy their first homes, home values and zip codes with the highest share of kids have far outpaced those in zip codes with the fewest kids. So it for an example, 27571, which is the zip code in Rollsville, has the highest share of kids in in the Raleigh Metro Triangle area, Raleigh Metro area. This is not the this is triangle. This is the Raleigh Metro area at 
and home values grew 32% in the area in 2021. Surprise. <laughs> you know, Holly Springs, um, their zip code, uh, 275-540, 32% grew 32%, uh, 32.4% share of children, and so on and so forth. Now, if you go into Raleigh, actual Raleigh, 27607 uh, with 12% is, is really low. That's the lowest, uh, 12.2% share of children, 27601, 14.9, and then 27606 in Raleigh, uh, 15.4%. Now, if you start getting into the interior, really the old Raleigh, interior of Raleigh, you're going to find less kids, and that seem, which kind of surprises me because you get a lot of new families that are living in that five point area, five points area, which is two, seven, six, Oh eight, but two, seven, six, Oh seven. I mean, I mean, I get it, but I don't. Um, so millennial demand is sparking frenzied competition for the scarce, scarce homes on the market in these areas per the analysis. Well, you know, if you're a millennial, you're driving the Raleigh market crazy. Come on guys. <laughs> <laughs> Good golly. One more thing to, I mean, one more thing for Gen, Gen X to complain about millennials. God, this is just, it's amazing to me. Just truly amazing. So um, anyway, but there is your news. Your, some of your local stories that we've been working on for the Raleigh, Wake County, North Carolina, and beyond. Really, we just kept it to the Raleigh surrounding area, but um, also some new shorts. Um before we close out uh, the news this, this uh, for this sh show, for the uh, this episode, um, it's still cold. And uh, there's some people that have complained about it, but it, who cares? <laughs> but uh, no, it's still cold. And uh, we're going to get a little warm up this week. Um, starting, I think, Wednesday, Thursday, it's supposed to warm up a little bit. And then it's supposed to get cool, cool, cool back down. Uh, we are in, and as and if y'all recall, uh, Groundhog Day, Sir Walter Wally, along with Punxsutawney Phil, the seer of seers, prognosticator of prognosticator, they both predicted that the Northeast and Raleigh, the Raleigh and surrounding area will have six more weeks of winter. All right, stay tuned, y'all. And your Sanderson Spartans are coming into the last week of their basketball season, last, last regular season week, I should say. Uh, varsity men and varsity women uh, have their last games this week. And, um, you know, they, they've had some, both teams have had some, uh, they've had some difficult, they have had difficult seasons, but the ladies have gotten two wins. Uh, they won the other week against Enloe again, so they've gotten two wins. And the varsity men, I, they, 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 they are, they try their hardest. They really do. And, um, but it just, they just come out on losing end, uh, either with, didn't make, not making shots. Uh, they, I mean, they played their hearts out. Don't get me wrong, but, you know, other, just, and some defensive breakdowns and turnovers. It's just been one thing after another for these boys. But they've worked hard. Don't get me wrong. They've worked hard all year. Um, I do want to tell you about Friday night. Uh, this past Friday night was senior night at, vars at Varsity Gymnasium. <laughs> I'm not an app. <laughs> at Spartans Gymnasium at Sanderson High School. And uh, both the boys and the girls played uh, Broughton, the Broughton Caps, uh, high school inside the belt line here in Raleigh. And... Um, they unfortunately both of them lost, but um, it was part of a quad set of games, and J, both the JV men and JV women played as well as varsity. And uh, I got some news last week that I was that I was asked to be uh, varsity, not varsity men's, JV men's uh, public address announcer for uh, the JV men, and I was honored to do that for the last couple of games of the season. Thankfully, last Friday um, I would. That would have killed me. I would, four games would have been. I would have fallen over. But um, some got a parent to do the two JV games, and our athletic director was said, "Hey, you know, I can't do one without doing the other." So um, I bowed out for JV that that day, um, but was able to call uh, the varsity women and the varsity men 
and saw uh, one of uh, uh, our church, my church family's youth, um, Manning Lassos on plates for Broaden, and uh, very excited to see him play live. hadn't had a chance to this year, and uh, he broke his finger, uh, fell on the floor, uh, was fouled, fell on the floor, broke his finger, and thought he was thought it looked worse than it than it, than it would actually was. But uh, got to see his family and was uh, happy to see him play. But um, the, my favorite part of the entire uh, entirety of Friday, I didn't get home until 9.45. <laughs> That's how late it was. And But one game started at 6, was it 6.30? No, 5.30, 6.30. I don't remember what it was. I didn't get home until 9.45. Uh, it was also senior night for a group of wonderful sen- uh, seniors, varsity men, varsity women, and... Um, also, the varsity cheerleaders, varsity women had uh, four seniors, Audrey Friedman, Naraya Joyner, Rory Smith, and Haley Barsanis. Uh, they, and also for the men, it was Ethan Ablins, Lamar Lyons, Dawson Fenema, Levi Matthews, who I was very proud of to see. He's going to, I think he's playing some kind of football somewhere, uh, college football, and it might be one of our local teams. You never know. Uh, Mordecai Nagandu and uh, Nolan Ford. And I was very proud to see all those boys and girls come across and uh, shake the coach's hands. And they took a picture in front of the uh, Sanderson banner that they had out. And um, the varsity girls, I would say this, I got an email uh, towards well, before I went to bed and saying, hey, from the coach, he said, hey, the girls want individual walk-up songs. So <laughs> that was fun to put together, and I did it for him, and I was happy to do it. But I said, just in case, is there one that they specifically want? And there was one, but I did it all for him. It was just uh, I had to pay attention during starting lineups. <laughs> that was uh, that was fun to put together, and they enjoyed it, and they had a good time. But um, and then the varsity men, they nothing special for them. Just had their usual ent- entrance. Golly, the gym was packed. They were so packed. I mean, fart students on both sides. Um, Lots of lots of Sanderson students. I had to park on the other side of the school, as opposed to what it, what it, I usually park in the stadium parking lot. But um, lots of some brought lots of Broughton people, lots of a lot of Sanderson people. Uh, students were back and forth the whole game. Uh, they told me to mention a couple of things about sportsmanship, and uh, I do it each game. But this one a little bit more. Um, did have to kick one of the Broughton students out of the game because of something he did uh, at the end of one of the quarters or halftime. Uh, two kids walked out in the middle of the court, one with a camera. The other one, I think what I saw is he, and I don't want to gross anybody else. He just did something inappropriate and just not, um, it, it's just gross. And I think he, what he did is he licked his fingers and rubbed it all over the floor in the middle of the logo. And so somebody took a picture of it. I saw it. And then I think the AD saw it as well. I tried to get his attention. Obviously, he didn't pay attention to me. So, got out of my seat at the court side, and uh, we both got over there and just told him, I was like, get, get the heck out. <laughs> Not going to have that. I mean, that's just unfortunate. And that, and uh, But overall, it was a fun night. Uh, like I said, last, uh, last week of regular season games, uh, the varsity women have uh, three. They will be quite busy. They have Cardinal Gibbons, actually, tonight as I'm recording this. And um, Green Hope on Wednesday, and then back home. Uh, actually, the last two home games, Green Hope and Leesville will be home on Wednesday and Friday. Varsity men, Cardinal Gibbons tonight, and then Leesville away on Friday. To, to, so tonight is their last uh, regular season uh, home game. So um, look forward to next year. And this is uh, this. I think Friday night will be, actually be my last game of the season. So I will be. I've had a, another good fun year, the fall and the, the winter are, what is, are my seasons and uh, football and basketball. And uh, it's just been awesome. And uh, best of luck to all the seniors. And uh, we'll see you next year. Stay tuned, y'all.
And now it's time for a new segment here on the show. Y'all let me know what you think. Dial me up and uh, let me know how things go. This is how we get better on the show here. Uh, this is called Sports Shorts for uh, the Voice of the Spartans podcast. First story we're going to touch on is uh, we're going to start local and uh, then we're going to work our way up. First story is uh, last Saturday, the Battle of the Blues. I mentioned it before in the show. Battle of the Blues took place in the Deanie Smith Center on Saturday, February 5th. Not good for the outcome for the Carolina fans as the Duke Blue Devils sink the Tar Heels by 20 points, 87 to 67. Carolina really couldn't get going all game. Uh, Duke started out on, I think it was the first, got to 20 points fairly quickly. Uh, I believe it was like 28 to 8 in the first half. Carolina closed out to make it a 39-28 first halftime lead. And then as soon as the second half started, Duke went on some ungodly 10-0 run. And uh, just it didn't, and they really didn't look back. Carolina didn't shoot well all game. Uh, Brady Manick did play well, and uh, so did Leaky Black on the defensive end. Uh, you know, it, it's it, Carolina has had this problem all year long, and it just wasn't uh, meant to be for the Heels. Um, Brady Manick did have 21 points and six rebounds. Armando Baycott did have 12 points, five rebounds. Like I said, not much from the Carolina guards. Uh, R.J. Davis did have 11. Caleb Love I've had all of eight points, and that's been about it. I mean, Leaky Black had the most minutes played all game. He had 37 minutes played, played well on the defensive end, had 4.6 rebounds to assist. But, you know, he, he's better defensively, but he has had a better offensive uh, play as of uh, last couple of games that he had. Um I did want to say that uh, you know, despite the despite the loss, Carolina is really not doing all that bad in the ACC standings. Duke's in first place at nine and two, nine and two in the ACC. Note, followed by Notre Dame at nine and three, Wake Forest at nine and four, Carolina and and my, the Miami Hurricanes tied at eight and four, followed by Virginia at eight and five, and then the rest of the league: Florida State, Syracuse, Virginia Tech, Louisville. Boston College, Clemson, Georgia Tech, Pittsburgh, and at the bottom of the standings, hold your ear, State fans, it's you. The NC State Wolfpack standing at 3-10 and 10 in the league. Not looking pretty for the Wolfpack this year, and uh, Kevin Keats got to go back to the drawing board. But uh, those are your ACC standings as of the, the time of this recording of Monday, and uh, so Carolina looking to bounce back this week. Duke will play, I believe, Virginia tonight. Um, and Carolina and Duke will play again at the end of the month. Uh, first, I think I believe it's first weekend of March. They will uh, ta- they will play each other again. This time, uh, Mike Shashevsky's final regular season game as Duke head coach at Cameron Indoor Stadium. All right, next next article. Next article up for bids. <laughs> Item up for bids, as they say in uh, the Price Is Right. Uh, the uh, Washington football team decided to rename themselves and actually come up with a mascot for next year. And uh, if y'all, at the beginning of this segment, you heard the uh, traditional Washington Redskins fight song, which will probably never be played again in uh, in the Redskins stadium or whatever the heck they're calling it now. It's not even RFK. I, I don't even pay attention to it. It's just a horrible stadium. Um, the Washington football team was renamed the Washington Commanders. And I like the concept. It's got a naval naval military background, but everybody on social media has ripped it a new one. Because it's just it's generic. It's so bad. I mean, how can you you know Washington Commanders? I can't from the life of me. I can't get behind it. I I just can't. And so you look at it and you're just like, let's go Commanders. Let it, it just doesn't flow off the tongue very well but they really didn't do a very good job with the logo all they did was just this yellow this yellow w on the on the they keep the same colors i will say that they're keeping the burgundy and gold colors and the jerseys are going to be uh white with uh i believe it is kind of a mix of gold and burgundy and then they also have home 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 uh, jerseys will be uh burgundy with gold letters 
and uh, they're going to have uh, burgundy helmets with the W, gold W on the side. It's, it's so generic. So generic. And uh, they're also going to have alternate, an alternate uniform, uh, the black jerseys with uh, the numbers on the sides like they had this year for the Washington, last couple of years for the Washington football team. Uh, I just can't. I can't get behind it. They don't have a really a logo. I mean, if you'd expect them to have, they they spent two years trying to come up with a name, and then they in the marketing department can't come up with a logo that's worth a darn. I, I'm so I, I just can't. I I can't put it. You know, Dan Snyder's a horrible owner anyway. So, oh my god, just just I can't get over it. I mean, every I'm gonna say Redskins fan because that's what we are. We you know that's I started out as a Redskins fan before the Panthers came along. I'm still a Still a Redskins fan, but I'm a, I'm gonna forever call them the Redskins. I don't care, don't care at all. And everybody I've talked to said they hate that they hate it, they don't like it. I said maybe I could get behind it, but if they came up with a decent logo, just really have it. It's so generic. Anyway, moving on. Now they're they're now called the Washington Commanders. All right. Well, next uh, short, if you will, uh, the Super Bowl is coming up this coming Sunday. This is Monday. This next Sunday. On February, let's think it's February. Let me make sure I get the date right because I don't want to screw this up. February 13th, the day before Valentine's Day. <laughs> February 13th, and it'll be played in SoFi Stadium in uh, Los Angeles, California. It will be between my dark horse of the entire playoffs has been the Cincinnati Bengals, and they are in the Super Bowl. Cincinnati uh, representing the AFC, and the Los Angeles Rams will represent the NFC. And uh, it's L.A. sports. Their fans are terrible. That's just my opinion. L.A. LA, LA, LA Rams, L.A. – what are they? L.A. Kings. I mean, the Lakers are the ones that are actually somewhat decent, but the Lakers suck this year. I'm just going to say that. But uh, – in the NBA. But um, – so the L.A. Rams in their own stadium. This is the second year in a row because uh, Tampa – the Tampa Bay Buccaneers played in the Super Bowl last year and won – but they played in front of a bunch of cardboard people. Very, very, uh, you know, and they say they won in their home stadium. And then there's something flying around Twitter or something about that said, next year, oh, I saw this. <laughs> Friend of mine posted this, and uh, he's a Redskins fan. Get, let me just get that out of the way. And he said, uh, the to combat this uh, last two years of the home team being the actual person, actual team, that the stadium is in, that, that they are playing, they're going to, from now on, put the Super Bowl in Jerry's world in Cowboy Stadium <laughs> to combat all the naysayers. Because the Cowboys never make the Super Bowl. <laughs> it's so good. It feels so good to say that as a Redskins fan. All right, anyway. Super Bowl next weekend. Um I already heard this weekend, this morning, I was listening to the radio and uh, already heard a recipe for a dip. And it's going to go out through the entire, uh, I think it's QDR. Uh, they're going to do a recipe per day. It's pretty cool. Uh, something made with cream cheese and cheese and dip. And I mean, I'm, I'm on board. It sounded like a buffalo chicken dip or something. I can't remember. But um, so that'll be this weekend, uh, next, this coming weekend. So uh, I think we got a party to go to. So I'm excited about that. First uh, non-pandemic Super Bowl in a couple of years. Um, our next short and our final short, uh, I could say it's a combination of a couple of things and it involves the Carolina Hurricanes. And if y'all remember, uh, the Hurricanes, a, the NHL actually gave the Hurricanes a stadium series game, which is an outdoor hockey game uh, for people who don't know. Um, and it was supposed to take place, actually, this this February, this year, it was supposed to take place this year in Carton. No, it was the last year. Last year, I'm sorry. It's supposed to take place last year in Carter Friendly Stadium because they had already marked it off. Because you see it all over social media, they marked it off where the ice would be in the middle of the field, which is pretty awesome. And it'll be in the middle. And um, so they they canceled it because of the pandemic. And they said, "Oh, we have no idea. We're going to try to get it back to you as soon as we can." Well, they made the announcement this past weekend that during the All Star Game, it was the all, it's All Star Weekend for the NHL, and they announced that the Carolina Hurricanes in February 2023, would be hosting an outdoor hockey game to an opponent to be determined um, in Carter Finley. And their first priority for tickets they're giving, I believe, is uh, season ticket holders. Hey, what do you, I mean, you can't bark at that. But I guarantee you, 
and I've already seen this, that people are wanting to go. Me won't be me being one of them. I think I'm going to take the fam or at least some of the kids or Ash Fashley wants to go. And but somebody made a joke. It'll say it'll either be 25 degrees or 75 degrees <laughs> in February. I mean, and they're going to have it at night. I think it's going to be a night game. Thank God. Because uh, ice doesn't really look good when the sun's going down. But um, and it's horrible because it'll blind you. But um, it should be exciting. I think a lot of people in the area were excited the first time. They, I think they made, I think they did uh, an alternate jersey for it. And I saw a mock-up, and I really didn't. I thought it was okay, but I really didn't like it. And I did see an article the other, uh, yesterday or today that said um, Don Waddell, the GM of the Carolina Hurricanes, is going to um, is going to uh, maybe revamp that, which I think he should. I mean, they were cool. They're okay. There's nothing wrong with it. But um, the Hurricanes, uh, they're, they're going to have jerseys. I, I think it's an opponent. Like I said, TBD, have no idea. <clears throat> I think it was supposed to be, maybe it was the Florida Panthers, but I can't remember. Or maybe it was the Nashville Predators. Who knows? I think they tried to keep it to an area team. Um, kind of cool. But um, I'm excited. I really am. I'm excited for it. I'd love to go. Uh, should be cool. Um, and then Sebastian Ajo. Uh, Carolina Hurricanes uh, Ford won the skills challenge at the all-star game, which is really cool. And he hit, he, uh, that you're supposed to hit four targets in the least amount of time uh, in the goal. And uh, he did it and they went right to the replay. He actually did it. They thought he missed one, but uh, he actually hit it and he won. And I think 10 point something seconds, who knows? But um, so congratulations to Mr. Ajo looking forward to the second half of the year. I think it's over half the season's already been played. But uh, the Hurricanes are in first place in the Metropolitan Division at a record of 31 wins, nine losses, two overtime losses, and 64 points. So the Hurricanes, in my opinion, are the best team in the NHL. And I want to go to the wild card standings. Um, okay, yeah, so that gives you a better uh, understanding of what's going on. The Florida, Florida Panthers, Tampa Bay Lightning, and Toronto Maple Leafs lead the, lead the division atop the Atlantic. Hurricanes... Um, Rangers and Penguin, Pittsburgh Penguins are uh, the top three for the Metropolitan Division. This is in the Eastern Conference, by the way. And uh, the Washington Capitals and Boston Bruins stand right now. If the playoffs were to happen today, uh, they would be the two wild card teams. So uh, the Hurricanes right now have played 42 games and stand with 64 points. While um, and it's been like this all year because the, the Hurricanes have have been behind the eight ball with COVID. And, um, you know, they haven't played as many games. Like the Florida Panthers have 69 points, but have played 47 games. The Canes have already played, only played 42 games and have 64 points. In my opinion, they're the best team in the NHL, bar none. Just saying. So hopefully the Canes will continue their strong play under Rod Brendamore, which I think they will. And they will make the playoffs and make everybody here in Raleigh very happy and hopefully go on another deep run in the playoffs. So, um, Congratulations to the Hurricanes franchise and the city of Raleigh. Uh, it's going to be awesome when that game comes here next February. There you go, folks. That's sports shorts for you. Um, I think I'm going to continue this. I really like this. So um, stay tuned. We will have more show for you coming down the pipe. We have uh, oh, no person of the week this week. We have uh, the news of the weird, the conversion commentary, and a little bit more for you. So stay tuned. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for your news of the weird back this week after a brief hiatus. And um, if you look, <laughs> this, this can only happen in Florida. Let me just tell you. A Florida man says he jumped from a stolen car seconds before it was hit by a train and sent flying into a nearby home. Dateline Port St. Lucia, Lucia Florida. The sleeping residents were unharmed, and the man was later arrested, authorities said. <laughs> okay, let me just say that again. The dude stole a car. It was barely almost hit by a train. He was barely hit by a train. The car went flying into the home. Just let that sink in. <laughs> Police said the man claimed he stole the car in a good faith effort, quote-unquote, to search for his own vehicle after leaving a bar early. 
Saturday in Martin County, around 50 miles north of West Palm Beach. Instead, he got stuck on the railroad tracks in the path of an incoming train. Wow. After the crash, the man tried to steal a forklift. Oh, this, this gets better. Forklift from a nearby fruit stand, which he also vandalized. The Martin County Sheriff's Office said in a statement, he was arrested after flagging down res responding deputies to let them know he was still looking for his car. The homeowners were fine, but the explosive sound of a driverless car smashing into the side of, of their home was clearly jolting, the sheriff's office said. <laughs> there you go, ladies and gents. Your news of the weird back again for Voice of the Spartans podcast for episode 10. We'll be back. And now, ladies and gentlemen, we come to the point of the show where we are introducing my opinion. <laughs> it's called the Curmudgeon Commentary, and uh, thank you for those who responded last week. I appreciate it. Give me your comments. I appreciate the feedback. Um, and uh, this week, I want to talk about um, something that I am kind of, I've been a part of since school, since uh, college and app, um, is the right to censor. Because when you're in the media, and every, every person in the media, everybody in the media, whether you're a journalist, you write, you get on the radio, you're on television, you have the right to say your rights are protected by the First Amendment. It's a, it's a, that's, that's in general, that's what it is. That's the law, is that your opinion is protected by the First Amendment. So, uh, I'm going to tell you a quick story. Uh, I was in, this was my, I think this was my senior year. I was part of a uh, associate producer of this show in the evenings called The Night Quite Late Show. And it was hosted by and my friend, at, at the time, one of my friends. And he's he's pretty pretty flamboyant. He's very out. He's out there. He says what he wants. He does what he wants. He um, he was the, I call him the Howard Stern of the shock jock of ninety point five, which was funny. Um, and so what I really wanted to talk about is so we were in the in there doing doing an episode of the show. It's live. It's not recorded. It's not a podcast. So like this is it's live live radio. And, uh, you know, we're talking about um, stereotypes of fraternities and sororities. And I don't remember what was said. I don't, and there was, you know, we're, basically the show was about comedy and it got pretty deep. And so I think we were doing certain stereotypes of different sororities and fraternities. And, you know, it was kind of, it was funny. But then, you know, the... I think the per personal, personal opinion and um, sense not censorship, um, personal opinion and getting your feelings hurt, quote unquote, um, caused the program director at the time, who was in a fraternity, came flying in, busted open the door, pushed him out of the way, and said, "You need to go to a song. Turn this off." And basically pushed him out of the way, went to a song, and screamed at this guy for saying, I cannot believe what you were doing right now. This da, 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 da. And, so, and we were like, what are you doing? You can't do this. This is this is just it's stereotypes. It's what we're talking about. And he said, I don't care. Get you know, you cannot talk about this. This is black, you know, blasphemy. Da, 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 da. He just didn't agree with what we said. Or I didn't say. I mean, I was I was on off the beaten path. Um, just sitting back there because I'm just watching. I'm the assistant producer. That's what we did. But and so he, we came back on the air and he said, uh, "Yeah, we're going to stop the show because uh, in protest because this is absolutely ridiculous." And uh, we stopped the show, turned it off, left. Um, because apparently he got his feelings hurt and didn't want us saying it on the end. It, it just, I just, I got, I got irritated. Because I'm like, this is a radio show. We're not bashing anybody. We're just dolling out stereotypes. He just didn't like what we said. And I think that's that's what I remember. Anyway, 
And then you have, um, you know, but censorship, in my opinion, you, if you don't like some what somebody said, if you don't like what somebody wrote, if you can do that, and people are, the, their avenue now is get on social media, get on the internet and bash the heck out of people if you don't agree with them. It, it, or they get their feelings hurt. They get on Twitter and they scream and holler like little little banshees. And it just drives me up the wall. It's just that they're avenue. But if you actually get them in front of somebody, like if you could physically get in front of them, would you stay around them and scream at them? The Karens of the world maybe would. <laughs> but you can't sit there, scream at somebody, and say, kick them off the air. They shouldn't be on the air because they said this about... Billy Bob Thornton or something like that. You know, it, it's just, and it's and it's politically, it's gotten out of hand. And you know, you got the different networks are screaming and hollering, saying, "Throw this dude off the air because he said this," or "Throw this this guy shouldn't be writing for the New York Times now because he got, you know, he said this." It's it's just people wanting to censor you because they don't like what you say. It's not about what you said; they just don't like you or like you or what you said, and. First Amendment, believe it or not, peeps, the First Amendment protects them from what they said. Now, going to what's in the news now, um, I'm not going to get into it, but for what she said, Whoopi Goldberg got kicked off the air um, for what she said on The View. And it was derogatory. Believe it or not, it was derogatory towards the historical um, event that happened in World War II. And it's called the Holocaust. And she said, I'm just going to tell you what she said. This has nothing to do with my opinion. She said that the Holocaust was not about race. I'm just going to leave that there. And which I completely disagree with. But that's my opinion. She got thrown off the air, suspended indefinitely. Then you have the people that are trying to get Joe Rogan... Now, he's controversial. I'll admit that. I don't listen to his podcast. But he had an opinion of, I think it was either masks or vaccines. I think it was vaccines. He was talking about data. He was talking about whether or not, I think he was talking about vaccine mandates. And I think he disagreed with them. I don't remember the article. I haven't really paid attention to it. But I read this. And people have been screaming. I mean, screaming. Like, get him off the air. Pull his rear end. He should be censored. Da, 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 da. You know, get him off of Spotify. And, you know, all these artists are all of a sudden dropping their music off of Spotify saying, I don't want this dude on here. I don't agree with what he said. Well, that's your thing. If you want to do that, you want your music pulled, fine. Act like a dummy. So, I mean, it just, and you, it's, Spotify's making you money. Lord of mercy. But, uh, you know, he's getting paid by Spotify to have his podcast on their platform, which is where this show is. This show's on Spotify. But, you know, it's his opinion. It's an opinion. It has nothing to do with, he's not being derogatory. He's not, you know, he's not doing what, in my opinion, if he's not doing what Whoopi Goldberg said. These people, people just don't agree with his opinion, so they want him off the air. It's his opinion. Like if I said, I don't agree with, I mean, I've said this. I don't particularly think that kids need to be vaccinated for this particular variant. I mean, for the COVID. Just my opinion. I mean, my own children aren't vaccinated. But anyway. Um, but it's my opinion. It's his opinion. He doesn't need to be, he shouldn't be censored because somebody in a political party doesn't agree with him. Or somebody in the opposite political party doesn't believe. I mean, it's it's back and forth. You know, people strike lightning bolts coming down from Valhalla or wherever the hell it is. Um, what's that place called? Uh, Greek, the Greek mythology. Um, Mount Olympus. There you go. <laughs> so, do you have the right to an opinion? Yes. Do you have a right to censor? No. Do do you do, should you get thrown off the air for being derogatory towards somebody? Maybe. I don't. Know. It depends on the situation. Whoopi Goldberg. Yes, she needs to be gone. And then I read something about Roseanne, how they censored her and threw her off. And she wasn't even close to being how, how derogatory Whoopi Goldberg was. But anyway, that's an opinion. That's for another talk, too. Okay. But 
this is my opinion. This is how I feel. You, as an individual, if you disagree with someone's opinion, you don't have the right to get them tossed from a job. You don't have the right to get them tossed from uh, radio or writing because they have an opinion. There, there's so many things much more extreme than what he said, from, my, from what I understand. That's, that's it. So... There you go. There's the curmudgeon commentary for this week. You can agree with it. You can disagree with it. You can... I don't know. It's your opinion. Let me know how it goes. Um, I get better. So I, I didn't want to get political, and I'm not getting political. But that's what it is. That's, it's called the curmudgeon commentary. Okay. Back in a few moments. that's just gonna about do it for us this week but before we uh in the show this week i wanted to talk about a holiday that really isn't a holiday but it's coming up it's um valentine's day coming up on the 14th and um i honestly i mean i call this the hallmark holiday because that i mean this is literally what it is the chocolate industry and, and hallmark simultaneously make the most money they will ever make all year. <laughs> Valentine's Day. Named after St. Valentine. I don't really know the story. And I don't really... Well, I've read about it. I've read about it before, but I really don't care to do it again. Anyway. Um, but I've never really liked Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day is, um, like I said, it's a Hallmark holiday. And in high school... You know, it used to be that you would get, you know, high school, middle school, whatever have you. You know, you start out in grade school and you get Valentines because you're kind of made to give out Valentines. And they just kind of go, here, here's a Valentine. Happy Valentine's Day. Be mine. Yay. Whatever. Um, you know, I like getting them. It's fun kind of thing. And, you know, but but then you get to the point if you really like somebody and you don't get a Valentine and they're like, eh, I don't want to give you one. And so feelings get hurt. I've talked about feelings in the show earlier, so I'm it again so um but valentine's day in my opinion is the worst because you feel like you have to get somebody something especially in your family and i don't mind doing it and but it used to be i just couldn't stand valentine's day i couldn't get over it i mean high school i didn't have a girlfriend so it's like um well i did but i did yeah i did uh starting out starting out in freshman year i did have a girlfriend sorry but sh- nah, i'll talk about that later um <laughs> um but you know, you know, everybody got big old teddy bears and a crap ton of crap ton of uh, flowers. And you know, right now, I think what really bugs me, and they, they don't actually ask them verbally. They come up with this crazy thing to say, "Do you want to go to the dance?" And so it's it's so it, they have to be creative. I'm like, what happened to just asking somebody and them being flattered and going, "Oh, thank you so much. Yes, I'd love to go." Um, anyway, I'm getting off the subject. But Valentine's Day, you know, you buy the flowers, you buy the chocolates. And I, I try to do something fun every year for, for Ashley. Um, but I didn't, you know, I never got stuff. I never got stuff for girls. I didn't care about it. College, it kind of ripped, you know, I kind of went down the pipe and I said, I'm not getting anything for anybody. Well, I did go out. One year, I did have a really good date. Um, she ended up being psycho after a while. Um, or told me a bunch of lies. Who knows? Who knows what happened? But this was junior year. Maybe it was junior year. Junior, some like junior year because I what? Oh yes, it was junior year because I went dating Ashley at the time. Um, this was it, this was second semester. My actually my first semester senior. There we go because I, I split it up in two different spots. But um, anyway, went out with this girl. She said, uh, you know, middle of class. Where I, I basically asked her out in the middle of class. Because we were talking about Valentine's Day, she's like, "What would you like to go?" Oh, I'd love to go. Let's go though, because we never, we just, you know, both of us hated Valentine's Day. So anyway, long story short, she ended up being ridiculous, being psycho, and she ended up lying to me about something, but I can't remember what it was. So ended up, but it was a really good day. I really had a good time. It was a good Valentine's Day. But in general, I don't like the holiday anymore. And you know, all these people are making these. Um, you know, they get the it's just why do you need to get the big old stuffed animals because they end up you don't use them i mean you get the cards yay you get the you give the gifts to your kids and give them the chocolates and they really appreciate it 
mean, that's all you need to do. You don't need to go crazy overboard. And people do Valentine presents, which actually, which actually I've done before. But you know, in general, I just say, all right, well, here's something different. I'm not going to get you the roses. I'm going to get you something that, um, you know, gets you something cool. Uh, this year, I have no idea what I'm going to do. And so I'll take opinions. Send me an email, T-A-Y-L-O-W-I-L-L-G-Bell.com. So anyway, happy Valentine's Day to everybody. And, you know, I hope you, if you're, you have kids, just get them chocolates, get them a card. I mean, don't even get them a card. Just get them chocolates, get them candy. That's all they want. <laughs> so it gets your, you know, get your significant other something decent. I mean, get them a card at least. Um, I usually get Ashley some, a card. She likes chocolates. Sometimes maybe I get her a flower. Maybe. I don't get, I don't go overboard because they overpriced roses as this anyway. So, all right. Well, I appreciate, uh, appreciate you listening this week and, uh, Hopefully, we'll be back next week with a uh, another fun show. This podcast has been a presentation of Taylor Productions in association with AO Studios high atop 8333 Towers. Thank you all so much for listening wherever you may be on your listening devices. Please share, like, subscribe to the show so you can get notifications on when new episodes are available to you. Follow us on social media, Voice of the Spartans underscore podcast on Instagram. That's Voice of the Spartans underscore podcast, as well as my personal pages. Have a great day and tune in on our next episode. Later, y'all. Thank you so much.